Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's briefing. The topic today, are you ready to turn pro? I am. My Twitter bio has a line of self-deprecation in it. Professional cop, amateur dad, finding fitness and wellness one day at a time and sharing the journey with other Leos. In reality, I do consider myself a professional police officer, and so should you. I've gone through the laborious screening process, the mandatory 24-week academy, plus countless hours of in-service training. I'm a trained professional, and I receive compensation. As a result, you and I are uniquely qualified to do a job that we know not everyone can or should do. I joke that I'm an amateur father for a few reasons. First, it's apparent that I fail as often as I succeed. Trying to raise two young children into functioning adults capable of keeping their pants on in public. Second, it's not my profession. I've received exactly zero hours of formal instruction in parenthood or the nuances of fatherhood. There's no academy for expectant fathers. Now, yes, I agree, there probably should be for many of the people that we encounter at work. I don't receive an email from the state's Department of Parenthood every quarter advising me of when and where my in-service training will be. Keep in mind, I live in California, so if ever there was a state to have such a public agency, I'm in it. Truth is, being a professional cop often doesn't lend itself well to being a father. The skill transfer is not always beneficial, and though I know I'll always be able to run my kid through field sobriety tests better than my any parents did, the personal interaction is usually what's lacking. If you're wondering what I mean, has your spouse ever said to you while you're admonishing your children, Hey, don't talk to them like they're one of your suspects. If you get this response, pause for a moment, and you might see that you have them seated with their legs out in front of them, crossed at the ankles with their hands in their lap. That's a clue. For those of you in corrections, if your kids leave their room and walk through the house with their hands behind their back, that's a clue too. It's a documented fact, or at least in my house, that at least one fight with your spouse will erupt annually about your use of law enforcement tactics on those in your home. This is always well, almost, entirely unintentional to me and just an extension of how I investigate and handle problems. But to my wife, who knew me before law enforcement, she sees the difference in my approach. And she's not a fan. We're cops. We don't accept bullshit. And we see through the deception people try to display to the world. Even if that's my five-year-old professing shock and amazement at how muddy footprints in his shoe size got into the house... I have a strong, unyielding desire and laser-like focus to disprove his lies and get to the truth. If you've ever considered setting up an extra bedroom into an interrogation room with a single dangling light bulb and a one-way mirror, well, maybe you've gone too far. So what does this all have to do with fitness and optimizing our lives? Good question. And to be honest, I'm not sure. But two thoughts came of this. One, being a professional in one area doesn't mean that you're acting as a professional in other areas of your life. And two... If we're so good at detecting other people's bullshit, how is it we can so easily deceive ourselves? In early 2014, I made the decision to spend the year on self-development. This wasn't some year-long retreat into the Himalayas to meditate and find myself. Rather, it was an attempt to spend my free time in pursuit of increasing my skill sets, my knowledge, and my curiosity. I was beginning to feel increasingly frustrated with my routine, which was monotonous and increasingly inexcusable. Every 24 hours involved a Groundhog Day quality of repetition and monotony of work and collapsing in front of the TV after getting the kids fed, bathed, and in bed. My wife and I, sitting in silence, staring half-awake at a sitcom until we couldn't take consciousness anymore. 
succumbing to our body's insistence on sleep, we'd crawl into bed and repeat the cycle in five to seven hours. I realized that I was lacking focus and allowing distractions to keep me occupied. Like a mobile over an infant's crib, I watched objects and life pass in front of me, pretending that visual recognition was the same as participation. Except as an adult, Facebook replaces the mobile. I was recognizing life, but I wasn't participating in it. In short, I was being an amateur. I started off strong, reading some good books and diving into Stoic philosophy and trying new things like getting my scuba certification. I read books by people I wanted to model in one way or another, and I sought advice on repairing some of my physical movement patterns worn down from years of a gun belt and a vest. What I realize now is, that was my first attempt at turning pro. However, the comfort of old habits and exhaustion proved enticing, and I was eventually busted down to the amateur ranks again. When I added a little adversity in the form of a forced transfer at work and then a quick illness and the eventual death of my grandmother that year, I stumbled. At the same time, I began suffering real physical symptoms that I now understand to be the result of chronic sleep deprivation. With that, I completely collapsed. Let's go back a second to something I just said. That exhaustion is enticing. How can that be, right? Why would anyone want to be exhausted? Why would anyone choose that over vitality and energy? I can tell you because I've lived it. It's comfort and it's security. The comfort of exhaustion resides in the excuses we're allowed to tell ourselves. I'm too tired to work out. Provides you with justification to remain on the couch where you're comfortable. I'm too tired to cook, so I'll order in. Also, at some point, exhaustion becomes comfortable because it's what you know. My oldest, almost nine, that means nine years of interrupted sleep. I'm just kind of used to it. Couple that with rotating shifts and trying to sleep during the day in a house full of kids, and exhaustion becomes that warm, fuzzy blanket you can wrap around your self-esteem. But how can exhaustion provide security? Well, if you've ever thought, quote, someday I'd like to blank, but I'm so exhausted, then you succumb to that warm ego blanket. It gives your ego an out from doing the actual work that ironically leads us out of exhaustion. That work creates a host of insecurities and dilemmas. Change in any form can create instability, both within us and within our sphere of influence. Even if that change might be a positive, we remain insecure at the mere possibility that it will create tension or danger. Now let me be clear, I haven't solved this dilemma in my own head, I've just only recently been able to recognize it. I'm still clawing my way out of the comforts and securities of exhaustion. But, when I started the squad room and the associated efforts at getting in shape and achieving health, I added a lot to my plate. At a time when I should be simplifying my life, I did the exact opposite and added a lot to my to-do list. However, in other ways, I was simplifying my possible outcomes. By publicly announcing and documenting my lessons learned and the progress, and the lack of progress, that I will be making, I'm limiting my ability to succumb to the old excuses and justifications. What might sound plausible and excusable in my head will sound ridiculous, self-serving, and juvenile when announced to the world via the podcast. In this regard, I'm treating my physical, physical, mental, and emotional fitness like an occupation. I'm turning pro. I had heard of Stephen Pressfield's book, Turning Pro, through several podcasts I listened to, and one day it came across my suggested reading screen on Amazon. On impulse, I picked it up. I didn't put it down until I finished it. I read it one day during my kids' spring break while I was watching them. Amazing feat? Not really. Not only is the book incredibly engaging, it's also short. 132 pages, many of them single paragraphs. It was fantastic, though, and I've added it to my recommended reading list. 
Pressfield is a well-known author, popular among law enforcement officers. He wrote Gates of Fire, Killing Rommel, and Tides of War, among others, none of which I've read. In Turning Pro, he writes that he is able to divide his life into two parts, before Turning Pro and after. Pressfield clarifies that Turning Pro is not the result of receiving a paycheck for his efforts. Rather, the decision to turn pro is to begin acting like a professional in your field, to make bold decisions and put forth significant effort to achieve a higher aim that then results in professional results. Pressfield argues that turning pro is not just for creative types and that people in traditional professions themselves are often acting as amateurs. According to Pressfield, characteristics of an amateur include the amateur is terrified, fearful that if he turns pro, he will have to live up to who he really is and what he is truly capable of, that if the tribe should discover who he really is, he will be kicked out into the cold and die. He's an egoist, a narcissist. Quote, the amateur sees himself as the hero, not only of his own movie, but of the movie of others. He lives by the opinion of others. He permits fear from allowing him to act, is easily distracted. She seeks instant gratification, jealous and lacking in compassion for himself. And the amateur seeks permission from others. And most importantly, the amateur will be ready tomorrow. In comparison, the professional shows up every day. He knows the stakes are high and very, very real. The professional acts in the face of fear because he's prepared. The professional is both ruthless and compassionate with himself. The professional does not give his power away to others, but he helps others. And most importantly, the professional shows up every day. With hindsight, I see that the activities I was trying to muster were my attempts at turning pro. As I said in the first part, I always treated myself as a professional cop, but I see now that I was an amateur in other areas of my life, some of which affected my professionalism as an officer. Further, there was significant room to grow in my professionalism in regards to my career. I showed up every day, of course, but was my mind always present with my body? Probably not. Being a pro sounds tough and arduous, but the benefits are enticing and in line with the kind of person I aspire to be, the kind of person I see many that I admire already being. I want to get called up from the bush leagues to the majors. I don't know what form that might take in my career or personal life, but it sounds more exciting than staying in single-A ball, getting shuttled around in a beat-up Greyhound bus. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to show up every day. Until next time, take care of each other and stay safe.